0: This is the Build Our Future podcast.
1: We shape our buildings, and
0: afterwards our buildings shape us. A window into the past, present, and future of the construction industry. There's still a lot of unlocked doors. Clarity with design, craftsmanship with the build. There's still a lot to find out and do and invent collaboration for our future you know i don't think it's the end of the invention the build our future podcast with raul faria let's build begins now welcome to the build our future podcast Uh, we just completed the first first section of um our show with with crystal and now she's going to be sitting in the hot seat with me yeah um crystal collinson welcome to the show
1: Thank you so much for, uh, for having me. I think it's going to be a lot of fun being, as I said, now I'm not, as you said, I'm in the hot seat now. So it's, it's, it's very different when you're a podcast host and then all of a sudden you're the guest, you're like, oh, okay.
0: Yeah. I get, I get to ask the tough leading questions. Now. Exactly. <laughs> so, you know what, why don't you tell, uh, why don't you tell our listeners a little bit about you, you know, where you started from a little bit more about your journey.
1: So uh, I have a uh, interior design business um, being, I think we're going on almost 20 years now and predominantly I work with builders and developers in the new home um, sections. So um, designing and decorating model homes, sales presentation centers, um, that's sort of the main niche that I've been into. I'm currently working on a couple uh, design studios, decor centers. Um, I've got a retirement home that is, I, is finally broken ground. It's been a long process. So we did all the common uh, um, spaces and common areas. We designed all those a dining room and um, that kind of thing. So yeah, I've been doing this for about 20 years. Um, and, um, it's really kind of the, the niche that I found myself in. And I absolutely love, um, I think it's, to me, it's the best of both worlds. It's a little residential, but I get a little hospitality and and a little bit of, um, commercial side to it. So, oh,
0: awesome. Did you, did you like... How do they say? Did you um, cut your teeth uh, elsewhere as well before you jumped in, or yeah? Because you... you know there are some people that just jump right in, right?
1: Well, I I did. So I went to school for design. Um, I have mm-hmm. an interior design diploma, and worked. Um, I started off. My very first job uh, was within exhibit design, so doing trade show booths. Um, and I worked for a company that had what they kind of referred to as like big people Lego, which it was. You had like posts and panels and you could kind of make it out of whatever whatever they had it wasn't super super creative but uh and then i my last job before i went out on my own was uh, working for the hudson's bay company in their um, store design so we did uh, i was kind of brought in when all the home outfitter stores were launching across canada mm. so i designed those and uh, oh god after about 20 something of them um i was like okay i'm done because <laughs> it was a cookie cutter right it was yeah. the same thing just different shape box each time so um and then yeah went out on my own and um as they say never looked back
0: Oh, that's uh that that's pretty fantastic and did you kind of start right away on the residential kind of side or did you were you still in the commercial side a little bit and then I, kind of tweak figured out what your like what came naturally to and what you enjoyed
1: yeah so I did um when I left the bay I was still doing some contract jobs for them Uh, a little bit um, when I was out, like when I was not uh, an employee anymore. And then I started doing some residential uh, projects, you know, I think one of my good friends from high school, her older brother's place I started doing and then, you know, slowly, it's like always the hard time is hard thing is getting the first couple jobs, right getting going and, um, and then I joined what was the homeowners association, which is now build, and uh, joined that and I got called by um, quite a big Builder and said, you know, we we need a couple model homes, and that's kind of how it all started.
0: It only takes one, right? Don't yeah. you find and 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 sometimes you feel like, oh my God, when is that first one gonna come? Yeah, like, you know, you, what I you mean? never know. <laughs> you just never know, right? Yeah, absolutely. Awesome, awesome. So tell us a little bit more about um, like, do you have a specific uh, process, a design style, like that you're partial to? Because we all have our little niches, right?
1: I think I probably have a style. Um, you know, people say, Oh, you have a style. I don't think I have a style, but obviously okay. I do. Yeah. Um, so I would say I'm probably one of, and not just to toot my own horn, but I'm 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 probably a unique combination that I'm super, super organized. Like hence the name of the productive designer. That's kind of where it all came from. Mm. Cause I've just I love spreadsheets and I love charts. A
0: creative person is organized. I've I know heard that I'm being serious. I'm heard
1: that before. <laughs> yeah. So I am like, you know, and and part of what we how we differentiate ourselves is that we are always two or three steps ahead. Like I am sometimes to a fault because we'll get so far, we'll be ahead of the drawings and then they'll be like, yeah, you know, we didn't, we, oh yeah, we've got to reduce the size of that bathroom and we vote and you're like, the drawings were already done, but whatever. Right. The, the few times that that happens, because I never ever want somebody to be waiting for information. I never want to be the one that's been holding up the process. So um yeah, so it's, it's the, You know, one time I was doing, I had seven model homes at one site that we were working on. And I mean, if you couldn't, if you weren't organized, like it would have been a total disaster, you know, three bathrooms in each place, you know, the site supervisor calls you and says, okay, you know, lot 142, second floor bathroom, what's the, you know, we're, we're, we don't have the specs for that. I'm like, okay, just give me a second. I'll be able to pull up my spreadsheet and go, okay, that's what it is. Okay. Yeah. It's the Moen, blah, blah, blah. And you know, done. So So you have to be, and I've always said that, you know, design is, 20% creativity and 80% project management and execution because you can come up with great ideas, but if you can't meet budgets, if you can't meet timelines and like really you're, you're really not any good. Like there's no, you're not benefiting anybody.
0: Yeah. I mean, in that respect, I say construction is not necessarily building it because most times we have the specialists do that, Mm -hmm. but it's people management because you have to manage clients' expectations. You have to manage, so, like, you know, subcontractors, personalities, like the mm-hmm. many, many different personalities on a project. So oh, right? for sure. So, so I think in that vein, I, I, I think it might be, might be pretty similar, right?
1: Yeah, absolutely. For sure. It is.
0: Awesome. Now I wanted to bring up something that I, I read um, a couple of days ago that you, that you shared, um, which is uh, your, your latest newsletter. I found that okay. pretty, pretty fascinating. Okay. What are your thoughts on now people moving more to like, you know curved kind of look and feels instead of like hard, uh, you know, stops, shall we say?
1: Yeah, I think there's there's pros and cons to to both of that. I mean, obviously, from a construction standpoint, curves typically are more difficult, right? When you think about okay let's do a curved wall you're like um drywall comes flat (laughs) yeah like now you're asking and so there is there's more effort obviously Mm -hmm. involved in it there's more um costs you know like there's labor costs because of the extra effort um there could be a little bit more engineering challenges to to have Mm -hmm. something curved as opposed to just straight but i think it does add a different element and i think you know the design trends and i hate using the term trends but I think we, it's like an evolution. It's like fashion too, right? Fashion mm-hmm. kind of goes in cycles, right? We kind of come back to stuff, but it's never exactly the same as it was. It's just slightly modified. There's something slightly different. So you can mm-hmm. never wear those pants that you had in the seventies, even though bell bottoms are back, it's, they're yep. slightly different, you know? Yep. So I think people just, um, and probably more so than ever right now with, uh, especially in residential, um, people being home, So much, right? Mm -hmm. So 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 much that I think there is a softness to a curve, literally and figuratively. Like you just you're you're not feeling the um, like you say the hard start and stop to um, an end or to to where finish is, and that's always one of the big things with design. I've always said is knowing how do you deal with your transitions right when you're Mm -hmm. transitioning from one material to another or you're transitioning you know tile from a edge you know that's going horizontal to an edge now that's going vertical like Mm -hmm. dealing with those transitions are always where i think that's the biggest in the details
0: it's funny because i never really equated that that was a trend but now like after i read that i kind of read your newsletter Mm -hmm. um I kind of noticed that a few projects of mine, there was a lot more curved bulkheads and curved graphics. And so I thought, you know, we we come across so many things, um, things in our industry that kind of, uh, you don't realize is a trend until somebody- Yeah, until somebody somebody sort of points it out and you go,
1: oh yeah, I didn't even really see that.
0: Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And like, let's get, bring it back to the podcast, like um, your podcast, The Productive Designer. Um, Can you tell us a little bit more about where that concept came from, like why you wanted to start
1: it. It's funny because it it too much how yours has evolved and mine sort of evolved too. So really the um I think the initial idea, which came again like probably a year and a half, if not maybe even more, before I actually launched it. Um, you know, being a huge podcast consumer, um, and listening to just I guess trying to figure out ways of I'm a I'm a like task management software junkie, trying mm-hmm. to figure out more efficient ways of you know, ordering products and like specking it and then ordering it, especially when we were doing like model homes and stuff where you're, you're furnishing four or five houses at a time. Like the amount of management of items is just, it's crazy, right? So I'm like, okay, I've specced it, I've, I've got it, but now, so that's in our, our budget. Now I've got to take that information and I've got to now, as I say, extrapolate, okay, all the items from that vendor and then sending that in. And so I was constantly looking at whether it was software, or just concepts of how how can I process this information and and how can I work smarter, right? How can I work smarter and do things more efficiently and and cut out steps that don't that are redundant or or like we're manually entering things in two or three times. And so I just was on this quest for that. And then you know to to the point that you know designers have have a bit of a reputation generally, big sweeping statement, <laughs> as being unorganized and um, more with the creative and not really, you know, being flaky and that kind of thing. And so that's kind of how the, I said, okay, let's, let's talk because I love all this stuff on productivity and efficiencies and just working smarter. Um, but then I also wanted to talk about the side of, um, not everybody wants to become an independent designer to have a run, a firm of, you know, 20 people or 40 Mm -hmm. people. Some people want to have a, have a business that, you know, feeds, feeds them financially and soulfully. Right. And so mm-hmm. what, is, how does success look to, to individuals? And, um, and I think our business has a lot, has a tendency to be a lot of, um, I don't know if it's jealousy, but you're like, you know, because it's such a visual, you'd be like, Oh, look at the project she gets. To work on. <laughs> and, oh, look, she's working in this big mansion. And it's like, you know, and then, and, and at times early in my career, I'd be like, Oh, I'd want to do that. And then I'm like, actually, no, I don't want to do that. Right. So just talking with, uh, with other design professionals and people that are not necessarily in the industry and just getting perspectives on the so many different facets of running a business, whether it be, you know, marketing, whether it be, you know, just mindset and um, you know, imposter syndrome. And, you know, a lot of times design uh, interior design people come to as a second or third career. And just, I think having those conversations and learning about the story. So it it's kind of gone a little bit off the, rigid uh, role of operations and systems and processes and stuff um, to just sort of talking to people and finding out more about how they run their business so others can learn from and understand that oh i'm not the only one that's feeling that way or you know learn from others
0: that's awesome now i'm going to put you on the spot a little bit okay um can you can you think of one or two surprising um insights that you receive from talking to people within your industry through your podcast
1: was one that I was trying to think of. I think I, well, I was interviewing, um, a designer slash life coach. Um, I forget what episode it is. I'll have to look it up. And there was something I was talking about how I had a love hate relationship with social media because of exactly those, those, those words of like, you know, you can have that, that, Oh, look what they're working on it and start to have that judgment of yourself and of your peers. And, you know, she I, th- I can't remember what her terminology was, but it was ma- mainly like, you don't have to look at it that way, right? You can just flip the lens and look at it differently and say, like, everybody is just do you right stay in your lane and mm-hmm. just do you and it was kind of one of those, you know, like, yeah, you're right, you're right, because I social media can be great for a lot of things. And I think, as an independent business owner, it's a necessary, its it's part of business, right, mm-hmm. it is necessary, even if it's not you're getting clients from it. It's just brand awareness. It's awareness. It's, um, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Like it it shows that you're, you're, you know, you're a a practicing busy person. It's just like business person and that, that you're doing work. It doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to get business from it. It, Yeah. I think,
0: uh, I think it's like what I said in the, in part one, uh, which is that the human side, they get to know you and what you're about, you know, organically, they don't, they don't have to sit down and meet with you. They'll get a good sense of, you know, the kind of person you are with, what you're posting on the articles you're writing, how you're showing up, you know, what Mm -hmm. you're commenting on, what you're liking. Like they will get a sense of who you are that way.
1: Yeah. And knowing that it's about, you know, we always talk about relationship building, but it really is about, especially now while we're all being, you know isolated in, in, in lockdown. I mean, that's how else are you building relationships? How else are you networking? Mm-hmm. Um, how else are you sort of being it, You have to interact is, is only through, through forms of social media, whether they're LinkedIn yeah. or Instagram yeah. or whatever. It's that's, that's unfortunately the um, the playground that we're in right now,
0: right now. Right. Yeah. Mm. But I mean, in the past, I mean, how did you find, um, and even now, I guess, how's, how's it evolved through the, through the pandemic where, um, you know, what's your, what's your marketing side mm-hmm. like like how, good question, like yeah. how have you kind of navigated before and after you know what I mean
1: um again I've been very fortunate um to have had a lot of referrals um and that's predominantly what I've done I've never had to you know kind of go out and cold call for lack of a better word um and and I've been fortunate that way and so I just when I took on you know saying okay I'm going to start doing a a consistent presence on social media. I I was like, okay, it's really about, to your point, like who I am and what I, what my interests are and what we're working on and just getting to know, you know, me and and my team and what we do and here's the projects that we work on. And um, yeah, I think, again, I think marketing is a, a, it's a hard, it's a funny thing because we're so project-based, right? So if you ABC company don't have a project for me right now, like you, then like you're not going to buy my services because yeah. you don't need them. Right. So it's, it's just keeping top of mind and being out there and being, you know, you know, irrelevant and, and my face or my name or whatever out there. Just, I think that consistency is, is what we're doing.
0: And, and do you think that'll change once we get out of this? Cause you know, people will be out and about more. They'll, I mean, the idea is that they'll be driving around and traveling more. So will they be stuck on their computers as much, or would they be an alternate source? That's something I'm trying to figure out myself, mm-hmm. to be honest.
1: Well, hopefully, you know, as you say through the podcast, not that my podcast isn't directed for clients, it's just my Mm -hmm. colleagues, but, um, Mm -hmm. you know, again, even if it's just thought leadership in the industry, Mm -hmm. um, you know, I think that that has a lot, a lot, a long way to go. And then hopefully if people are out traveling and out and about, they're, you know, consuming content now via Mm -hmm. their ears, (laughs) you know, through, through podcasts and, and that type of thing, because, um, there are, you know. That's how i've always listened to podcasts is either going for walks or driving
0: Mm -hmm. now i'm curious though from a collaboration perspective and i know i i beat that drum a lot (laughs) um is there is there something that you uh, really look forward to in working with a client and contractor and what's one thing that you're not as excited about when you realize something about a client or a contractor
1: I love when the client can understand the importance of bringing in all of the team members. And what I mean by all is that, you know, the, the contractor site super, like when I think about builder projects, you know, it's like, let's bring in them. Let's bring in it. Now let's bring in right when we're at the conceptual space planning stage, I'm um, doing a design studio right now. And we have everybody on board and it's great as much as you're going oh my god there's 15 people on this call but it's getting everybody's perspective from the beginning so that we can hopefully design a space that accommodates everything and it's not an afterthought where it is going um i need Yeah, this. i know you designed this you know server closet to be this big but ooh, you know that's going to be tight doesn't allow for expansion it? it's like oh my god if we would have known that at the beginning how much easier that would have been.
0: So it could be the entire layout could have changed.
1: Exactly. Right? right. And and to to be able to make those adjustments and modifications now, like well, we're still literally just space planning. Like we haven't done any other plans. We're just figuring out where things are going. You know, it's so getting everybody in. I think earlier than than later. And mm-hmm. I found a lot of clients in the past have never haven't necessarily seen the importance of that. Um, they think, oh, you know, site, the site, you know, people will come in later. And it's like, no, 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 no. They may know something that would be an easier fix or easier modification, um, to do now than later that, that to, you know, we were talking before mm-hmm. that can save considerable dollars. Mm-hmm.
0: So, yeah. I find that's always challenging. I always tell clients that too, but what I found is, uh I mean, it, you know, everyone wants the lowest price, right? So they want the design done
1: yeah.
0: and then send it out to 10, con- 10 yeah, contractors less, yeah, to get exactly. the lowest price, right? Yeah. Um, and I, I, I mean, you, you can't blame them for it. Obviously, yeah. that's that's kind of what they want. But but yeah, I mean, I think that's that's a really phenomenal thing if they're able to get the whole team from the get-go. Yeah. Um, I think I talked about like having a shared vision. Like mm-hmm. that, like the end result is what everyone wants.
1: Yes, cause <laughs> and that's we're all most working su- to get there, right? Like, yeah, we're that's all...
0: that's the most successful project, right? Yeah, completely, yeah. completely. Yeah. Um, I know we 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 talked about the pandemic and stuff, but how how has that affected your business? Have you have you noticed a decline, an uptick, kind of stayed the same? Like, what what have you noticed?
1: You know what, I've been really fortunate. When it hit in March, um, I was again in like full on planning stage for mm-hmm. a sales center that was you know, opening in fall. So, um, I mean, we had, I think we had a site meeting, like it became an essential site meeting probably sometime in May. Um, when we were all sort of slightly coming out, I mean, we all wore masks, we all had gloves on. It was, (laughs) um, but it was great because I was like, I'm really not going anywhere you know, we're just, we're planning, planning, planning. So we're just on the computer, AutoCAD, that type of thing. Um, getting samples wasn't too much of a challenge because I could use the internet and then get samples shipped to me. Um, so that's been fine. And and then again, right now, you know, I, like it's it's just the schedule has worked in my favor because now we're again, we're in heavy planning again. Mm-hmm. And of course it's probably going to delay some construction, but you know, it is what it is. And, but yeah, heavy planning and doing Zoom, lots of Zoom meetings and yeah.
0: And just, just planning and waiting for it, I guess, for, for, for stuff to start back up. Right. And I'd be remiss not to bring this back to something that, that I enjoy talking about. Right. Um, Like, have you, have you through your discussions on your show or in your business, have you found that, uh, that. Uh, design firms or interior designers are gravitating more towards technology and and outside the box thinking? Because I find they think outside the box when it comes to design, mm-hmm. but do they necessarily think outside the box when it comes to operations and workflow and that sort of stuff?
1: Um, well, I think the, the pandemic has definitely forced some people to do things differently. Um, obviously not by choice, but now we're seeing, you know, I've noticed just some of the benefits from some of the meetings we're having where I'm like, I don't really need to drive to your office to discuss this right anymore. I've so. saved myself an hour of, the, of my day and, mm-hmm. and yours too. Right. Mm-hmm. You. Um, so I think though that aspect of it um, possibly, I think people are becoming, they're just more um, open to learning some technologies. Um, I've never, ever had an issue with that. I mean, I'm, I'm, I can be a bit of a jump on the bandwagon and try different things and be a little bit all over the place. Cause I'm like, oh, I like this task management software. And then I'd be like, uh, it's not doing what I want. I'm going to try something else. Mm, that's not like I've done. I probably tried five or six, like, you know, I've done a Trello and Asana and Basecamp, And I've, you know, because I'm like, okay, there's gotta be a better way. There's gotta be a better way. Um, but I think, yeah, there's definitely, we've had to pivot a little bit and um, you know, obviously when government restrictions come in and you can't do things and those are out of our, our hands, but Um, Yeah, hopefully I answered your question.
0: No, oh, no, 100%. 100%. I'm just, you know, I'm always curious because I think sometimes there's a disconnect in the marketplace as well as to uh, people understand what an interior designer is. People understand what an architect is in a general sense. Generally. But I think there's a misunderstanding as to when an interior designer is actually needed. know what i mean like uh, like for what purpose is it like you know do they just select materials like you know you know i'm sure you've heard that before right like i mean how do you like how do you bust some of those myths you know myths like how do you kind of realize that you know this is actually what we do it's not just i'm not just sending you like you know different swatches of paint telling you to select something
1: yes absolutely um i think it's uh, when they start to understand the level of planning um and you know, the amount of, um, the amount of work that goes into, into a project, w- depending on, you know, whatever the size is, there's just so many decisions to be made, to be made in a timely manner, um, that doesn't hold up the project that, that, you know, you as the, the person that's executing the project can continue to move. And it, you know, oh yeah, we haven't, as I was saying about the, like the plumbing rough in, for instance, you know, like that will hold up the project which holds up your project you've got the plumber scheduled for this day if that stuff's not there it's just it's just such a snowball effect and I think it's just really educating people that don't quite understand what it is as interior designers we're not just picking pretty things yes that's part of it but there's a lot of um, functional aspects of what we're doing from a project side also to an educating of you know you think you want marble floors or you think you want marble countertops and, you know, if, if you, the contractor, isn't, you know, if you're just one of those people that says, okay, that's what you want. That's what you're going to get. And i not really educating like, no, no, no. Marble's really soft. You don't want that. Cause it's going to stain and da, da. you know, just those aspects or um, also educating clients on different product options and um, ideas of, of handling things uh, that, that can be much more efficient and more user-friendly to what they need. And, you know. You know, one of the sales centers I did, um we used uh, a, a we wanted like a wood looking ceiling. Well, we just used you know hardwood floor on the ceiling. Yeah. You know, which was very simple. But it would you know some people wouldn't that wouldn't even be in their wheelhouse if they weren't in amongst looking at ways of creatively solving them with creative solutions.
0: Yeah, and and I think the worst thing is when they I, I, we touched on it earlier. They send you the Pinterest ideas, <laughs> yeah. and it's just you know like, you know. You know, me as a contractor, everyone says that, you know, why are you only doing it to code? I'm like, because you don't want me to go above code because it's really going to blow your budget.
1: (laughs) (laughs) We always kind of jokingly say, well, code is kind of like your minimum standard. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) Right. Like, yeah. It really is the minimum standard of what you are allowed. Now, a lot of code is for safety reasons, obviously. A lot of code Um, is for safety. Yeah. But um, I think it's just, yeah, people just, again it goes back to the sometimes they just don't know what they don't know
0: yeah yeah and do you do you find it a bit of a struggle um, explaining or or delivering you know how their initial cost for what they wanted might not be reasonable <laughs> the initial budget, shall we say, because, you know, I find that's a pretty challenging side when, when we're working on design build stuff, you know, they'll come up with this massive list of things that they want Mm -hmm. and you're just like, what's your budget? And you're like, well, I might need like 30% more for all of your, why don't we find out what you, what your real must haves are and what your wish list items are?
1: Yeah. Yeah. There's different, I mean, there's, I've had various conversations on this topic. You know, I've heard people say, you know, design professionals that are, Out there that'll say you give them, you know, they give them the wish list, price out the wish list, design to their wish list, and then let them make the decision as to whether they want to do that. And I said, okay, well that that that's a good, you know, you're trying not to do triple work or double work, Mm -hmm. but there's also sort of a realistic, you know, if they're let's just say their budget was fifty grand and you know. In your heart where you're like okay what they want to do is going to be 125 like just yeah. off the top of my head i'm going 125. to me that's not responsible for me to go spend all this time design and then come back and go 125 and they're going to go but i told you i had 50. you mm-hmm. know so i think there's got to be a, um, a respectful conversation about you know i don't think you're going to get you're not going to get what you want for 50. we can design and show you what you want and give you the real number But because sometimes people say 50, but they have more, right? I was just
0: going to say that transparency has to go both
1: ways. (laughs) Absolutely, right? And they may just do that because they're, oh, well, if I tell you I have 100, you're going to just, then you're going to do 150, right? You're going to go over anyways. it's like, no, 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 let's just be realistic. Like, you know, I can do, we can design in whatever, you know, capacity that's going to be realistic. And I'll tell you what is realistic to do for that 50 Mm -hmm. grand. But for me to say, oh yeah, yeah, let me just go off and chase my tail for three weeks while i you know, we design and price everything yeah. out and then you come back. It's almost insulting in a sense too. Right. Yeah, so,
0: completely. Yeah, completely. Now, obviously we, we've just started 2021. Um, are there a couple things personally and professionally you're hoping to like um, hit this year?
1: Um, You know what? I think this was the one year where you're like, you know, to plan any goals, make any big goals. There's just so much uncertainty right now that, yeah. um, yeah, who knows? All I know is that we've, um, we have bought a um, empty lot in Collingwood and we oh. are building a very unique build, which mm-hmm. I'm not going to share yet because no, no, uh, no. it's uh, we're actually hoping to get sponsors, et cetera. So, um, uh, so that's, that's the big goal for this year. So um, perfect. I gotta keep get...
0: it, keep it low. Cause we don't know when, if, how things, I, I always say how things are going to open up too. Right. <laughs> that's a big question exactly. as well.
1: Exactly. And Collingwood's experiencing such a building boom right now that I know like city officials and stuff are like, they're just, you know, probably backlog and then add COVID onto it. So, um, but that's, that's like, that's a big personal thing that, that we're, we're, we're working on and. You know keeping fingers crossed that everything keeping kind of f- goes <laughs> relatively as planned
0: relatively smooth right i'm not going to say that you know you're a designer so you should know the the pitfalls because <laughs> when you're oh, yeah. in it it's always different right
1: yeah we're cautiously optimistic you know yeah. we're we're meeting our target i think of trying to get everything ready to submit by the end mm-hmm. of the month and then once it's in their hands there's not a lot we you can go. do yeah perfect
0: yeah. so i mean this has been fantastic crystal thanks so much for coming on Um, So why don't you let us know uh, where, you know, our listeners can find you and, you know, they're interested in the many different things, interior design concepts and and ideas. Where can they find you and your show?
1: Well, thank you so much for having me. It's been great that we've been able to to make this work. Um, So my podcast is The Productive Designer and Productivedesigner.com. I'm on Instagram as The Productive Designer Podcast. My um, design website is Collinsoninteriors.com. And I'm at Builder Designer on uh, Instagram, and um, I'm on LinkedIn as well. Crystal which I'm pretty uh, active on there as well. So, any one of those places.
0: Perfect, perfect. I mean, it's been it's been fantastic. I always like talking to people in 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 the industry from a completely different perspective, but yet we mm-hmm. still have to work together.
1: <laughs> yes, yes, absolutely. Yeah, it's great.
0: Amazing. Thanks so much, Crystal.
1: Thank you for having me. Beautiful.